thank you to all who have participated today. I love the fact that, especially at Christmas time, we get more people involved, right? Good to see them serving and being a part of our lives. What a privilege it is to share together and be a part of one another's lives and encourage one another and help one another grow and mature and be a part of what God wants us to do. Amen? Well, on this Thanksgiving or this Thanksgiving or this Friendsgiving, I've heard all those names given for Thanksgiving this this week, and I think they're good names. I think that's a good way to think about what we can do. It is a time for Thanksgiving, but also we want to have, be people who live out thanks, and we want our friends to be a part of the giving aspect too. I want to say thanks to the NBC family for helping us get back to it in 2020 due. I want to say thanks to all our family for getting back to it in 2020 due. <laughs> oh, you had too much turkey. <laughs> That's our theme. Unfortunately, we have not done a good job of keeping that theme in our part of us this, this year. So we got another five weeks or so, right? So we're going to make sure we keep it out there. Back to it in 2020 do. Some of you just heard that for the first time. You're going, where did that come from? Well, that came really from Jordan. The country Jordan from our missionaries over there and they shared that with us that that was what their theme was for the year 2020 do that we did a lot of good stuff you know when we were getting prepared through COVID and everything now we got a chance to do some things because we can be together so it's really good more of you became members we're grateful for that joining with us more of you joined the giving team and the serving teams the prayer team you supported the ministry here and I just want to say to you thank you so much for participating and being a part of what God wants to do here at Majestic Baptist Church. Now, we're going to move into 2023, and I'm going to ask all of you, everybody in, we need everybody. You have gifts, you have experiences, you have a personality, you have a part of your heart beats with a passion to be able to serve the Lord and to be a part of what God has. And I'm going to ask you to join with us. Be a part of the serving teams and the member teams and all the things that we can do to make a difference here, but also to make a difference outside into our world and into our own community here in Pueblo West and in Pueblo. So we look forward to that. Uh, I read this quote from John F. Kennedy given years ago. He said this, as we express our gratitude, we must never forget that the highest appreciation is not to utter words, but to live by them. I thought that was good. Not just to utter words, but to be doers. 2020 do. We say these things, let's do them. Let's make them a part of our lives and a part of one another's lives. Now, we've been going through what book lately? Oh, good. You're with me. Okay, good, good. All right, we've been going through the book of Proverbs. And man, I think from the responses I've received back, I think it's been pretty well received. Wouldn't you say so? Okay, okay. A couple of you think it's good. All right. We'll get the rest of you on team. I know you have been. It's been really encouraging to me to go through it. And so I want to encourage you to keep, keep thinking about wisdom. We want to be wise guys and wise gals. Right? That's what we want to do. We want to reflect the image of Christ all around us. And uh, from the comments I've received, thank you so much. Keep them coming as you see wisdom. You see wisdom in, in the various places where you're reading scripture. Keep bringing them to me. Keep sharing your stories with me. That has been so, so helpful. But I want you to be even 
wiser guy and a wiser gal during the Christmas season. I'm going to keep using that phrase because that's what Christmas is about. Christ must season. Fun little fact, I heard this on the radio the other day. I hope it doesn't happen to you, but they say it does. That the average person gains five pounds during the holiday season. Hmm. Hopefully we can be a little wiser than that. We don't need to put on any weight. We wouldn't do that. We'd be disciplined and help ourselves out. So, let me give you kind of what's going to happen on December 4th, 11th, 18th, the 24th, and the 25th. We're going to take a journey with the three wise guys. You know them as the wise men, but we're calling them wise guys, right? Because we've been studying Proverbs, and we want to be wise guys and wise gals, all right? And I'm going to use the Christmas carol, We Three Kring, We Three Krings of Orient Are. I can say it too, Hank, all right? Through we three kings of Orient are, you'll go through that and you'll see that each verse is one of the kings. Gold, he brings gold. Christ is the king. Myrrh, Christ is the priest. Frankincense, Christ is going to give his life for us as the Savior. We're going to use that on the 4th, the 11th, and the 18th. Going to put it all together on the 24th and the 25th. So uh, we'll be using that that carol. I think we're going to enjoy that. But today, but today we're going to review something we did last year called the Advent Conspiracy. That was the book that we used. We passed those out. It was such a rewarding, such a challenging and encouraging series. I want to review that because I think it's so crucial because we want to put the meaning back into Christmas again. It's been diluted. You know that. And we want the meaning to be there. What Christmas is all about. I'm going to go through the principles today. The sermon I'm preaching today, I preached last January 2nd. And I know you remember it well. <laughs> well, I understand how that is. But I've reworked it today. And I can tell you this. It takes as much time, if not more, to rework a sermon as it does to write a sermon. It's, it, it couldn't, Greg, you know that. You guys have preached. George, you all know that. When you rework a sermon, if you really re rework it, it takes longer to put that all together because you're looking through things and you've got new things to put together. So I've reworked it for today. I think that you'll enjoy it. But I want you to take these principles as I'm going to, and I want us to put them into our lives as we seek to be a part of what God wants us to do. You see, Advent is the season where we intentionally prepare for the coming of Christ right? And as we celebrate his birth, and we also look forward to his second coming, we, go, we reflect back and we look back as we do, and then we look forward to when he comes and look forward to the day when he comes and he's with us again. The Advent conspiracy, they put it this way, it's been going for a number of years, the beginning of a movement, and they said this, that the followers of Christ would conspire, good way, conspire with like-minded believers to resist what presses in on each of us during the Advent season. Let me give that to you again. That the followers of Christ, got any here today? Yeah, I got a bunch of them, right? You're a follower of Christ, that's why you're here. That we would conspire together, that we join together with like-minded believers to resist what presses in on each of us during the Advent season. 
the cultural things that are all about us, that press in and say, do this, go this way, move this direction. And he's saying, we want to put the meaning back into Christmas again. We want to exalt Christ and make it about Him and not the things of the world. We'll participate in those. We'll join with. But, but we want to center and focus in on Christ during this time. So as we get started, the first principle is this. Worship fully. Worship Christ fully. You see, our intentional worship of Christ, excuse me, will help us grow closer to Him this season. We intentionally sang the song, what song today to talk about? Make room in your heart. You got it. We intentionally sang that song because this Christmas season, we want to further make room in our hearts for Christ. It's been said many years ago, keep the main thing the main thing. What's the main thing? Christ. Keep Him the main thing. And in Christmas time, it's easy to not keep Him the main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing in our lives. Be intentional to seek Jesus during the Christmas season because as you've read on bumper stickers, wise guys still seek Him. See, you're not, you're, wise men still seek Him. I know you've seen it. Wise guys still seek Him. Just like the wise men of old, the wise guys of old, sought Him, right? Yes, yes. They sought Him. Wise guys still seek Him today. Wise gals still seek Him today and keep Him the main thing in their lives. You see, Jesus didn't come to give us presents. He came to give us His presence He didn't come to give us presence. He came to give us His presence. And as it said last year, as we talked about in the book, the ho, ho, ho of the season becomes the go, go, go of the season. <laughs> but we need to say no, no, no to those things and say yes, yes, yes to time and friendship with Jesus during the Christmas season. It's so easy to get so busy doing this and make, going to this party and getting those presents and doing all the shopping, all those things. It's so easy that we, we have a tendency to go, oh, oh, this is about Christ. Yeah, it is. It's about Him and His coming to the earth in the flesh, in skin for us. So I want to encourage you to keep reading through Proverbs during the Christmas season. No, wait, 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 wait. wait. Let, me, let me read a note I got from a friend brother here in our church. Today I was reading in our daily bread and it was talking about don't let your guard down. Daily bread, the little devotional books that we pass out. They are probably available for the next quarter starting on uh, Wednesday or Thursday whenever the first. Then the brother says I was reading in my devotional and it was 2 Timothy 4.22, keeping the spirit. After that, he's been in the Word twice now, he says, after that, it's time to read my Bible in a year. And then, my fourth thing, then comes Proverbs. This guy's pretty busy in the Word. I was just mumbling through it, not really paying attention to what was there. This is not right. God's Word is sacred. Thinking about it, the Advent book, booklet that came with the CT magazine was right in front of me.
thinking, I should change and get ready for the best part of the Bible, <laughs> the Christmas story. So please forgive me for not finishing Proverbs this month. Here's one of the body telling me what to do. And I'm giving you permission with him not to read Proverbs this month. Now, you still got three days to finish it out, okay? Four days to finish it out, right? 27 through 31. You have my permission, which you don't need to have, of course, but you have my permission to read the Christmas stories instead of Proverbs in December. Take the time to do that. He also had the permission of my brother to do that too. But he does say at the end, he says this, I will get back to it. <laughs> Listen, take the time to read the Christmas stories. Matthew 1, Matthew 2, Luke 1 and 2, John chapter 1. Take the time to read them each day. Go to Philippians 2. You read it in Philippians 2. Go back to Micah chapter 5, reference to Bethlehem. Take the time to do that. Saturate yourself in the Word, in the story, the beautiful Advent story of Christ coming to us and giving His life for us. Did anybody get a little booklet this morning? called Light of the World, Jesus Light of the World. I know they're passing them out. Appreciate the greeters doing that. Ten devotionals, Christmas reflections on the light and life of Christ from our daily bread ministry. Take advantage of this. I know there's still, what, 29 days until Christmas, and there's 10 of them. I understand that. Well, space them out. Download or get a, another devotional that you can be a part of. I brought some of mine today. Uh, devotionals from Denver Seminary, where I went to seminary. For the 2022-2022 due Advent season. I'll be going through this. I won from Moody Bible Institute, where I graduated from undergrad work. Peace on Earth, as it goes through the book of Luke. I downloaded one from our International Mission Board yesterday. Uh, you, you might, this is pretty uh, weighty. Yeah, it's, it's pretty weighty. But it's uh, six days every week going through the Advent. Hope, peace, joy, and love. And, uh, man, I mean, it was really well written. I mean, it was 105 pages. It, that's a lot. But it's really, really well written, well done. So find yourself something to help you during this time to keep the main thing the main thing, to be intentional of your worship of Christ during the Christ Must series. Maybe you could do this. Maybe you could uh, read a carol a day. Like the religious ones, okay? Not jingle bells and that sort of thing, right? You could read a carol a day. And then you could take that song and you could sing that song all through the day. As I was thinking about that this morning, getting ready, I thought, well, you know, yeah, if you read jingle bells, you'd certainly be singing that all day long, right? But those ones that focus in on Christ, what you could learn from that carol, as we'll be using, as we said, We Three Kings of Orientar. But take that and use some things. Be intentional about your worship so that you worship Him fully. I read this statement. Uh, oh, I heard this statement in a uh, memorial service for the man, um, Dan Busby, who's the head of the EFCA, the Evangelical Financial 
Christian Association, something like that. But he, he had written a book on Jackie Robinson, uh, the one, the, the African-American who broke the racial barrier back in the 40s in Major League Baseball. And Jackie Robinson's mom said this to him one time. She said, take one step toward God, and he'll take two steps toward you. I thought that was Read the prodigal son. I think you can see it right there. But I'm telling you this. Oh, yeah. Jesus took a zillion steps toward you in the incarnation. When he came from heaven, put skin on and came to this earth, he took a zillion steps towards you. So what should we do? We should make room in our heart for him. Make room in your heart for him. This Christmas, Christmas, season. The Word became flesh and what? And dwelt among us. I was reading an article yesterday and didn't read all of it, but what He gave up to come to us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have the record of it in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Make room in your heart for Christ, this Christmas season. In the Advent Conspiracy, the second theme that they were giving to us, challenging with, was to push back against the overspending and overconsumption in our culture and the lure of tempting ads and sales during this season. You know as well as I do now that it's not just Black Friday anymore. It's Black November. <laughs> Just got a few little, little ads, you know, all the things you could buy that are in, that are there for you to, to make sure you get, make sure somebody else gets on this Black Friday day. Listen, may I encourage you, may I challenge you, be intentional to be a good steward of your finances. Budget. Say no to impulse giving. Don't eat out every time you go shopping. Do I really need that new Lexus with the red bow? <laughs> Help your kids, your grandkids, the people around you understand the meaning, the real meaning of Christmas. Now, you probably have experienced, well, I know you've experienced this. You don't have as much money to spend on Christmas this year. Do you? No. Because eggs used to cost buck fifty a dozen. Now they cost about four twenty-five a dozen. Everything has skyrocketed in price except for your paycheck. If you're on Social Security, you're going to get an eight point seven cost of living raise coming up, but uh, it's not here yet, right? You know that. You know, and in your life, it's going to be more difficult to buy gifts this year because of what it costs for your food, for the other things that are all about you. So the challenge in the Advent Conspiracy is this. Spend less so that you can invest more in God's kingdom. And it's going to take discipline to be able to do that. I'm working on this. Others worked on it last Christmas season, Christmas season, and it was amazing what God did in their lives. You see, you don't want the celebration of Christmas to follow, be followed up with the credit card blues in January. Even I heard that on a news report yesterday. As one lady interviewing on the street just said, I don't want to have debt in January. She's a really 
wise gal. Practice discipline, contentment, and stewardship. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 4. He said, For I have learned in whatever situation I am to be a spender, <laughs> to be content. He knew what it was to have a lot. He knew what it was like to not to have anything. And he said, whatever situation I'm in, I have learned to be content. 1 Timothy 6.6 says this, But godliness with contentment is great gain. As we seek Him, as we seek to live with contentment, there's great gain When we finish this Christmas season, you want Christ to be able to say to you, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Context that of Matthew 25 is finances, his stewardship, his handling his money. And you want him to be able to say it January 1st of you and for me, Well done, you handled things well, and you brought honor to me because how we spend our money tells us who we worship. So let's make room in our hearts this Christmas season so that it's no longer full of stuff, but full of substance. The divine presence of Christ the Savior who is born in Bethlehem. Now we spend less so that we can give more. We prayerfully consider taking some of the money that we were going to spend on stuff and then we seek to take it and to invest it in the kingdom work of God for His glory, for His sake, to say to Him, you're number one in my life. And we give it so that it will have a reward someday for us in heaven. What does Jesus say in the Sermon on the Mount? But he says, but lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Yeah, right. Uh, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. The reward of using what we have well. And he goes on and he says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Or where your heart is, there will be your treasure. It, it, it's evident what is important to you by what we spend and how we spend and what we worship. It's been said, I think it was... Um, Randy Alcorn in the Treasure Principle said this, you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. <laughs> you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. By investing it in the kingdom of God, in His work. Numbers of you did that last year. I typed out or I copied off some of the ways you used your finances, your gifts, your money, your time to make a difference for the kingdom of the Lord. I'll share those at the end. But I want to encourage you to this. Make a Jesus gift this Christmas. A Jesus gift to a needy family, to somebody who really has a need. You ask God for that, I bet you he's going to show you somebody to be able to do that. You could go to World Vision or Compassion or Samaritan's Purse or Gospel for Asia or Send or Leave 
All these organizations that minister to the needy of the world have gift catalogs or have a way for you to be able to give and to take on taking care of somebody who really needs a goat or a chicken for sustenance for their family, but also so that they might even be able to have a business, a small business to be able to take care of themselves or their need. Last year, we emphasized this of, of providing clean water. I didn't even look up the statistic, but it's like 50% of the world does not have clean water. And therefore, they have disease and they have death. Some people who gave last year, they gave and they moved it toward Living Water International or Blood Water. That's another organization. To be able to provide a filter, to provide a well that people would have clean water. We take it so much for granted. Well, we're, we, are, we are even getting a little bit concerned now because everything's drying up out to the west, right? Because we don't have water. What if we're in that position in 10 years? We would know what the rest of the world faces. Sponsor a child. Take on a child. About $40 a month. We have five of them ourselves all across the world. What a privilege to be able to support those kids and their needs. Those shoe boxes? 102. 102 shoe boxes came from Majestic Baptist Church. And I think there are a few more because they didn't get them in to us and they had to take them down to get delivered themselves. But 102 shoe boxes. Yes. Good job, Majestic. Those gifts go across the world. And I read just yesterday from Samaritan's Purse the 200 millionth box will be delivered this year. Two hundred million boxes have been delivered since it started in 1993 in Bosnia and Serbia in that area. Two hundred million kids got the gospel because the gospel is in those boxes. And you know how they're going to do it? A gal who was three years old in Ukraine got one of those boxes. And she is now 28. She was three when she got it. And she remembers the yellow yo-yo that was so important to her. She's now 28. She got adopted by a family in the United States. She lives in Dallas, and she is going to go and take that 200 million box, and she's going to give it to a child in Ukraine. Isn't that awesome? Yeah! 200 million boxes in the 30 years they've been doing it. And you've been a part of that. We've been a part of that giving the gospel all through the world. Send Relief, our own international mission board, through Southern Baptist, Send Relief has gifts and ways to help them in Ukraine. But seek out a family that really needs help this year. You have to do a lot. Why? Because you can't do everything, but you can do what? Something. Ask God to show you that family that really needs help this Christmas season. You know, even the world understands this giving principle. I read in Dear Abby, or Dear Amy, <laughs> Ask Amy column. She said this, Those of us who are lucky enough, who are lucky to have enough, 
should give away as much as we can. Now, I don't often agree very much with dear Abby and dear Amy, <laughs> but she's right on. We're lucky to have enough, and we should give away as much as we can. You know about the Giving Project. That's that movement that, that requires those who sign to give away most of their wealth during their lifetimes or in their will. People like Warren Buffett, Mike Blomberg, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, Mackenzie Scott have all signed it. Now, I know, I know. If you're worth $100 billion, you should be able to give some away. <laughs> I mean, I think most of us probably could live on well, maybe 3 or $4 million for the rest of our life, probably. Huh? <laughs> but the fact is, the fact is, statistically, by demographic, I can tell you that the people who are most generous are not the rich. It's the people like you and me. It's the people who are even poor who are the most generous by proportion. We know it in the Bible. There was a lady who came. Luke chapter 21. All the rich people are putting in from their abundance, it says. But this lady, poor lady, put in her two small copper coins, two mites. She gave out of her poverty, and she gave all she had. Jesus understood that. And I love this picture, because I've never thought about that lady as a widow having kids. I've always thought of a senior lady giving. And we don't know whether she did or not, but Think about it if that is true, that here's a younger widow with two small kids giving everything she had. We have plenty. I have plenty. How will we give it away so that the kingdom of God is increased throughout That's one way to spend less and give more. But another way to give more is just to invest in people during the Christmas season. Into relationship. Time with people. How valuable that is. Somebody said, really, that's the greatest present you could give to anybody. Is you, yourself, to someone. I came across this translation of Proverbs 17, 17. The other day, it said this, Friends love at all times. What are brothers for if not to share troubles? You read that in other translations, and it says a brother's born for adversity. And you're going, what, do, what does he mean by that? But I just like how they translated it. What are brothers for if they're not going to be there to share in your troubles? saw this. The greatest gift you can give someone is your time. Because when you give your time, you're giving a portion of your life you'll never get back. Christmas bucket list showed this to you last year. Instead of buy presents, be present. Instead of wrap gifts, wrap someone in a hug. Instead of send gifts, just send your love. Shop for food, which we will do, but donate food. Make cookies, good thing. 
make memories. See the lights? Be the light. It's good. It's really, really good. The hands and feet of Jesus Christ to someone and to someone soon. Paul said and wrote to the Corinthian church as he was plotting them for their giving. Giving to the needs of the Jerusalem saints there in Corinth. The offering they were taking up to be able to go to Jerusalem to help those who really, really had need. He said, my point is this, as he's writing this, whoever sows sparingly, help me, will reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. God loves a cheerful giver. When you go by that bucket today and you give, put a smile on your face. So valuable, so important. When you have that opportunity to support a kid or or to give a goat or or a, a chicken to somebody that really needs it, through World Vision or Compassion or Gospel for Asia, Send Relief. Put a smile on your face as you do that, as you write that check, you go online and you give that way. Put a smile on your face because God loves a cheerful giver. Not to say, well, Lord, you know, man, 35 bucks. What am I going to do? Now, God, thank you for giving me this $35. Would you use it in this children's life, in this family's life, it would help them come to know Jesus and it would provide for them like you've provided for me. Because when you sow generously, you will reap generously. And in the same way with friendships, when you sow friendships and you're friendly to people and you care for them and you're part of their lives, you will reap that back. Allow God to use you this Christmas season to make a difference in people's lives, to encourage them. Let's make room in our hearts for generous giving and friendship. How can my family make room for Jesus to meet the needs of the needy this year? How can the NBC family make room in your heart for Jesus, make room in our hearts for Jesus to meet the needs of the needy this year? Right now, we have a good amount in our benevolence fund. And if you know a family that has a great need or has a need that's real, let us know. We would love to try to help them meet that need. We don't give out money for toys, but we give out money for things that are necessary, like to help pay a bill, to be able to get gas. Then they can have that freedom to be able to do what they want to do with their money. But if you know somebody, what we would do is we would give you a gift card to Safeway or gift cards, and then we would give them to you, and you could go and meet that need for that person. But we have the ability to do that this year. If you know somebody, please get a hold of us, and we'll work with you to be able to meet that need for that family. Worship fully. Spend less. Give more. Last is love all. Love all. You see, the Christmas, the Christmas story can still change lives as we live it out in our sphere of influence and across the world. 
As we think about loving all, what, let's get kind of personal here, what bias or prejudice do you need to overcome? We all got them. We all things come about in our lives where we're just like, uh, I'm a little judgmental about that. Who do you need to forgive this Christmas season? They hurt you. Maybe intentionally, maybe not intentionally. But you've had this barrier between you. And the greatest present you could give at Christmas time would be to forgive that person. I read an article just a few weeks ago about forgiveness. And they put it so well. Forgiveness is a decision and a process. And I like how they put that together. Because I have to say, I will forgive you. But we know that doesn't settle everything right then. That's just the start to be able to help us continue to work through and to continue to say, I forgive you, I forgive you. I'm going to let go of that. And I want our relationship to be restored and to be reconciled. What a beautiful gift you could give at Christmas time. Who will you need to greet at your Christmas family party that you're not excited to see? <laughs> that person that just drives you crazy, if they would just shut up, <laughs> if they would quit doing this, if they quit making fun of my kid, whatever it is, you probably got somebody in one of these families, a party coming up, work party, whatever it is, and you're going, man, I just don't want to be around them. I found the best way to be able to do that is you just go right on up to them. And you say, you jerk. No, you don't do that. Of course not. You just got to get in their presence. With God's help, you just got to get in their presence. Just get up there and just glad you're here. Don't lie. <laughs> okay? But some way just to say, I'm working through this fact that I just really don't prefer you. Because we all have them. We put ourselves in their presence. So we have to relate. Jesus said, kind of in Luke chapter 6, kind of Luke's recording of the Sermon on the Mount. He said, but love your enemies. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you'll be sons of the Most High. Why should you do that? Because the Most High is kind and grateful, is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Man, when I was right reading that and, and then putting it into my sermon yesterday, maybe Friday. I know it says in Matthew that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Matthew chapter 5, I believe it is. But that really hit me. That he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. I know it, it, it kind of kind of rocked my world a little bit. All the stuff that's going around. All the people that are evil in our midst. And yet he is kind to them. And he asks us to do the same. 
Now, you may not call them your enemies. I've called them when I preached that passage in Luke chapter 6, your unlovables. You know, you may not hate them, but you just really don't like them. And Jesus says, kind to them. You know why? Because I'm kind to those who don't love me. You chew on that for a little bit, right? Is there someone who is lonely or grieving that the Lord wants you to reach out to this Christmas season? Make room in your heart for them. You don't know what to say to them? And just listen, listen. As a wise man once said, okay, nothing. Just listen. Just listen. And be a wise man. More than anything, I want and you want to leave a lasting legacy. What do we want people to say about us at our memorial service? What will your kids and grandkids remember about you? What will they say about you and what they would say about me? Well, I think our mission statement here at Majestic Baptist Church would be a great thing for them to say about you and me. He lived for Jesus. He loved people. He made disciples. And he changed the world. Would that work? <laughs> That'd work for you. That'd work for me. That I lived for Jesus and that I loved people. And that I made disciples the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19. And that through his work, through me and you, the world was changed. 2 Corinthians 5 says this, For we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. The clear teaching of Scripture shows that we are being sent. You ever heard that before? You are sent. We are being sent. We're his ambassadors to both tell the great story of Christmas and to live it. In school, we call that show and tell. That's what we're called to do as ambassadors for Christ. And in the incarnation, God put on skin and he moved into the neighborhood. And God is still moving into the neighborhood through Christians with skin on. You and me. Let's be incarnational this Christmas season. Moving into people's lives with intention. And I can say this, you are not crazy to live this way, to worship fully, to spend less, to give more, to love all. You're not crazy to do it, you're just obedient. What does he say in Mark chapter 12? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then to do what? Yeah, love your neighbors yourself. The great commandment. And that's all we're seeking to do. Seeking to honor what it says in Hebrews chapter 10, 
verse 24. Let us stir up one another to love and good deeds. Let us stimulate one another to love and good deeds. It's all I'm trying to do today for me and for you. Is to stir you up to the good deeds. We, we don't get saved by those good deeds. We do those because that's what God wants us to do. Because He's given us new life. He's given us salvation. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ to die for us on the cross, to take our sins in His body, on the tree, so that we might live to righteousness. We'd have a relationship with Jesus Christ. The incarnation, that's what He did. He put on skin so that we could have a way to the Father, so that our sins could be forgiven, and we could have the bridge to be able to reach and be a part of the Father's kingdom and His heavenly kingdom and His earthly kingdom even now. And if you've never invited Christ to be a part of your life, man, today is the best day to ever do that. <laughs> to invite Christ to be a part of your life and to say yes to Him. To admit that you're sinned because you have. To believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and gave His life for you. And then to confess your faith in Him, to commit your life to Him, to say yes to Him, to believe in Him, to trust in Him. And say, God, I need you to forgive my sin. I want to have a relationship with you. Thank you for giving me salvation. Make room in your heart for Him. Be intentional. And as you stretch and as you obey the Great Commission, the Great Commandment, please keep telling us your stories. Please keep telling us your stories of what you're doing. You're not bragging. You're not seeking to brag. You're just sharing with me what God is doing in your heart. And that encourages me. And I can share those stories with other people and say, this is what the body at Majestic is doing. We're involved in doing this Advent conspiracy. We are working together to resist the pressures of this culture and to lift high Christ during the time of Christmas and to lift Him high and to give everything to Him that we can give to Him and to say, your number one in my life. Make room in your heart for Him this Christmas season. Those Advent devotionals, every person here has ten minutes more a day that they could spend in reading about Christ. Every one of us has ten minutes a day that we can add to. Make room 